Welcome to One Shot, One Life, helping you win with money, people, faith, work, health, and your hopes and dreams. We help you stop worrying and start winning. I will not waste my life watching the world go by. I've only got one shot, one shot, one life. Now, welcome your host, best-selling author, speaker, CEO, husband, and dad, Doug Fitzgerald. Welcome to One Shot, One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, broadcasting from the One Shot, One Life studios, brand new, right here in the heartland of America in Lincoln, Nebraska. Thank you so much for joining us for today's show. And as always, I'm joined by my executive producer, Josh Floyd. Josh, thanks for taking care of us. Of course. It's my pleasure. We appreciate it. We were just talking a little bit earlier. This is about, uh, what, we're almost two years into the show. Just about real close. And I am so grateful that you keep coming back every single week. <laughs> so You haven't made me mad enough to not come back yet. <laughs> That's good. Let me know if you do. All right. If I do. So, all right. Well, every single week we bring on experts to help us all stop worrying and start winning in the areas of money, people, faith, work, health, and our overall hopes and dreams. And today we have a really, really fun show lined up as we talk about one of my favorite subjects, which is, Josh? Money. Money always is. Now, Josh, have you ever thought about being a millionaire? Speaking of money. Uh, Maybe only about once an hour. (laughs) Once an hour. That's a lot. Yeah. Well, I think most people have thought about that. As a matter of fact, uh, I believe everybody, if you asked them if they want a million dollars or want to be a millionaire, they'd say, yep, sign me up for that. Mm -hmm. uh, Sign me up for that job. Here's the reality, though. Um, Most people want to be millionaires, but most people don't have the knowledge or confidence that they can grow their net worth to over a million dollars. So our guest today is someone who has lived out this in his own life. Early on in 1996, Tony Bradshaw was sick and tired of being in debt, being broke. Uh, so he set out to change his financial future with the priority of becoming a millionaire by the age of 40. And in 2011, he accomplished that goal. Now his passion is to change communities across the United States by helping individuals get financially educated and on their way to a wealthy lifestyle with a purpose. Uh, Tony's an author, a speaker, podcaster, entrepreneur, and a business coach. Uh, he worked for the Dave Ramsey organization, as a matter of fact, for over 15 years, including being their CIO and COO during that time. And, and uh, you know, he's told me before that that's kind of where he really learned a lot about his passion with finances. Uh, in 2019, he published his first book, The Millionaire Choice. We're going to talk about that here and over the next few minutes. And over the last few years, Tony's been working hard to help be, uh, people become millionaires, no matter where their income is, what their ethnicity is, or their financial situation. So we're excited to have him stick around. Uh, you're going to learn a lot. This is going to be a show that you're going to want to share with your kids, your family members, and listen to over and over again. Well, our guest last week was business and personal personal growth expert Brandon Peterson. What a powerful show, Josh. You, that was a guest that you brought in, and Brandon did an amazing job. Speaking of money, he's the CEO of two multi-million dollar corporations, taking one from $0 to over $18 million a year and the other one to an $18 million a year company uh, to over a $100 million a year company uh, under his leadership. So he knows exactly what he's doing. But during that time, as he was building those businesses, uh, he learned the power of, uh, the amazing power, really, of personal and business growth and development. So my question for you is, have you ever questioned your value or worth as a person? Have you ever wondered why you were placed on this earth to begin with? Well, Brandon, uh, in that show uh, and episode, really shared about how you can take advantage of your life and the steps 
practical steps that you can take to grow and develop personally. This is an episode you want to listen to. Josh, how can people find our podcast? You can find all of our episodes wherever fine podcasts can be found. We recommend Apple Podcasts and Spotify for Podcasts, which are both free. Uh, You just type in, you click the little magnifying glass, you type in one shot, all one word, one life, all one word. You'll find all of our old episodes and all of our new episodes as they come out. You can subscribe so they download to your device immediately, and you can leave us a five-star review while you're there, which really helps us uh, be seen by, by potential listeners so that we can help more and more people. And our podcast is growing every single week, which is really fun. Yes, so it's it exciting. Love that. And hopefully over the next few weeks, we're going to have some information about how we're going to continue to develop our podcast platform. So Josh, thank you for that. Well, to close out the first segment, uh, you know, I dug around and I found some fun stats about millionaires on a website called millionairefoundry.com. So here they are. Approximately 22 millionaires are in the United States. It's about 8% of our current population. Um, How many of those, Josh, I'm going to put you on the spot, all right? How many of those, as I always do, uh, do you think have a college degree? Oh, 98% of them? Oh, man, that was higher than I thought you were going to guess. 84% have a college degree. Okay. One in three uh, funded their college education without debt. So they had some information and some training. I think sure. that's kind of the key there. Uh, 86% of millionaires said that they made their own wealth and didn't inherit it. So a lot of first-time millionaires. Awesome. I think a lot of people look at millionaires and say, ah, somebody just gave it to them or they won the lottery. But that's just not true. Um, on average, it takes millionaires. Um, how many years do you think, Josh, it takes a million, uh, millionaires to hit their first million? Oh, wow. Um so from the from the time they start earning money to hit a million, yep, yep um, to hit a million, twenty years, thirty two years on average. Oh, wow. Isn't that okay. crazy? Yeah, um, and in fact, the same study showed that eighty percent of current millionaires didn't reach a million until they were at least fifty years old. Sixty seven percent of wealthy people watch less than an hour of television a day, and sixty three percent spend less than an hour surfing the internet means they're spending their time that checks out making money <laughs> uh, 53% of self-made millionaires are obsessed with becoming rich before they were rich um, they also found that millionaires often pursue multiple streams of income we've talked about that on the show yeah, a lot quite a bit, yeah yeah 65% saying they have at least three streams of income um, thereby did, uh, thereby uh, diversifying their dependence on one stream and 66% of them own their own business now as we continue to dig deeper um, how many self-made millionaires, Josh, do you think read at least 30 minutes every day to self uh, focus on self-education? 99%. Close, 88%. Okay. So it's really important to grow and develop personally. We know that. That's, part, that's why this show exists, so we can that's help people right. stop worrying and start winning. Uh, millionaires save on average 23% of their overall income uh, to put towards you know, their investments or paying off debt or you know, accumulating what they want to accumulate. Sure. Um, 62% of millionaires rely on their financial planner. So this mm. is why it's so important. We talk about success partners here at One Shot, One Life. Mm-hmm. A majority of people who are millionaires have people helping them become a millionaire. So if we can get this, you know, the whole point is educate yourself and surround yourself with people um, really who want to get to that level that you want to get to. And that just drives that point home. Um, And now here's an interesting one. Um, The average millionaire goes bankrupt how many times before they eventually (laughs) succeed? This was interesting to me. Uh, Once? Three and a half times. Oh, wow. So wow. when you hear those stories of entrepreneurs and people who are going, at, you know, after it 
one after another after another. They are, you know, they are failing at times. And that's okay because that's what gets you to that next level. Obviously, I think that's really cool. And then finally, only 20% are actually retired, meaning that 80% of them are still working. It means that once they got there, which I think most people think, well, once I'm a millionaire, I'm done working. No, that's just <laughs> right. not the case. Um, either you don't want to be done or you realize, you know what, my life's a lot worth a lot more um, you know, than just becoming a millionaire uh-huh. and making uh-huh. a difference in people's lives. We're going to take our first break, and when we come back, we'll be joined by money expert Tony Bradshaw, who not only set out to become a millionaire himself, now he is helping other people do the same thing all across the country. It's going to be a great show, and I highly recommend that you stick around. You are listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. Stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life. Welcome back to One Shot, One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, and we want to welcome all of our new affiliates and listeners joining us on amazing radio stations all around the United States, including 1499.3-KLIN right here in Lincoln, Nebraska. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. If you want to hear this show, maybe you're listening on the podcast, you want to hear it on your local stations, all you have to do is contact them and say, hey, we want to hear One Shot, One Life on the radio and um, they will contact us. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, We really appreciate it. Well, today we're honored to have money expert Tony Bradshaw on the show. Uh, Early in 1996, Tony was sick and tired of being broken in debt, so he set out to change his financial future and establish the priority of becoming a millionaire by the age of 40. And in 2011, he was able to accomplish that goal. Now his passion is to change communities across the United States by helping individuals get financially educated and on their way to a wealthy lifestyle with the purpose of positively impacting those around them. Tony's an author, speaker, podcaster, entrepreneur, business coach, and mentor, which means he's just a little busy. The guy has it going on. He worked for the Dave Ramsey organization for about 15 years, including being their CIO and COO during that time. In 2019, he published his book, The Millionaire Choice, which we'll talk about a little bit later on. And over the last few years, Tony's been working hard to really help people become millionaires, no matter their income, um, ethnicity, or financial situation. So, Tony, welcome to One Shot, One Life. We're so glad you're here. I'm glad to be here, too, Doug. Glad to reconnect with you over the years. Absolutely. Well, you know, we met in 2018, I believe it was, uh, with our publisher's launch of both of our books at that time, which is a super time to get to meet you. And I do remember uh, specifically that you and I ducked out of uh, one of the seminars uh, just so we could get to know each other a little bit better, because I was so intrigued with what you were doing with finances and how you're impacting people. So that was a great time, uh, really, getting to meet you and getting to know what your passion is. Yeah, absolutely. I remember that. And, and I remember us standing up from the camera doing our book intros, the yep. interviews that we had and uh, what, what good memories. And, and how fast did that time go by? Too fast, too fast. And to see where you're at, to see where we're at with one shot uh, is so encouraging. And that's what we're going to dig into today. You know, early on in your life, and you had shared this with me um, back when we had met, you found yourself in debt. And because of that, you made a commitment um, that you were going to let money uh, have control of you and hold you back from the things you wanted to do. And so you made a transition in your life. You made a a definite uh, decision to achieve a priority, to, to become a millionaire, but ten, then to allow money to be something that's an enhancement and blesses you and those around you rather than burden you. Why don't you share your story with our audience and uh, then ultimately how it led you to where you are today? 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, I grew up in a low-income family in East Nashville. Now, back in the day when I grew up in East Nashville is not what East Nashville is today. Uh, today, it's posh houses and, you know, million-dollar homes, and and it's a very different place, you know, multi-story homes. Uh, back when I was growing up, I had drug dealers across the street, and my sister and I were looking through the window one night, watching them uh, deal this white powder on the hood of the car across the street. And I, I think I was about 10 years old. She might've been about four or five and we're just peeking through the, the shades, uh, you know, 10, 11, 12 o'clock at night. And, uh, and there's a lot of stuff like that going on around there. It, it was, it was not what I would call poverty, but it, it was definitely on the lower income scale of things. And, you know, my parents worked a lot. My mom, some, some years she would work a uh, hundred hours a week just to kind of pay the bills uh, she was a convenience store manager, managing three convenience stores at the same time. Uh, she was robbed by gunpoint, I believe it was six times, actually. Wow. And um, yeah, and and she kept going back. Like, imagine a woman being that vulnerable, uh, that violated. And I, I specifically remember one story because uh, she came home. It was the only time I remember her being visibly shaken after being robbed. Like, can you imagine being mm. robbed like five times? And and just sticking it out, but then one time she came home, and it was because the the robber came in very late at night, um, and put a three fifty seven Magnum barrel on the end of her nose. Ooh, and uh, so she was literally looking down the barrel of a gun. And uh, if you've never held a three fifty seven, Doug, I don't know if you have, but it's a rather large gun, <laughs> um, and it's very intimidating. This is not like a little you know little cap gun, and uh, so that was her. My my dad. Um, he was a very simple guy. He dropped out of school in 10th grade to support himself. Uh, both my parents had almost no family support structure growing up, both from broken homes. My my grandfather on my mom's side was alcoholic. Um, my We won't even start with my dad's side of the family. It was just a total mess. Um, and so, but somehow they got connected and, and, and you know, they, get, they did get their lives turned around. So I'm very thankful that my parents um, gave me a much better family and home life than they themselves had. Like there was a, it was a drastic shift from what they grew up with to what I was able to grow up in, you know, and, and they, uh, when I was about six years old, they actually accepted uh, Jesus as their Lord and savior. And so their life began to change. Uh, they were on the, 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 basically the cusp of whether they're going to stay together or not. And, and that kept them together and that changed the entire trajectory of our family. And, uh, you know, probably the single biggest moment in our you know family history of helping me to get to where I'm at. But uh, my dad, uh, you know, he, he's not, you know, as you can imagine dropping out with the 10th grade education, you know, you're just trying to provide for your family, trying to figure things out. Uh, no family support structure on his side. Uh, went off to the military, uh, had his best friend kill himself while he was in the military mm -hmm. overseas in, in Vietnam. Uh, I was born while he was in Vietnam and uh, he came back, and uh, yeah, and there was one one specific moment. I remember two moments with my dad. Uh, this was when my dad was actually alcoholic, drinking a lot, and uh, I rode with him down to the uh, gas station, convenience store, to get some more beer, of course. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't make it all the way back before the police pulled us over and decided to take him to prison or to the jail and uh, take me back to the house. And I remember I was probably between the ages of four and six years old, and I just remember standing by this uh, big cop that was dropping me off at the front door of my house. And uh, as soon as the door opened and my mom came to the door, I just I just remember crying and going, they took my daddy. Oh. And, you know, that's, that's a memory you have. And, and you, you grow up. The uh, Another moment with my dad financially was uh, 
you know, there were years where he only made literally, I didn't find this out until later in life. My mom told me about it years where he only made about $7,000 for a full-time job working Mm. lots of hours. And, uh, he was a, you know, contractor, subcontractor, and just didn't know how to really manage money. Well, you know, and and that's really the, the story there. My mom nor my dad really learned how to manage money. Well, no one showed him how to do it. And uh, but at one point he was on strike with a company called Nashville Bridge Company, uh, Wright Industries, those those companies, manufacturing companies. And I remember going down on Davidson Street here in Nashville uh, during that time and uh, standing by the trash barrel that was actually burning because it was cold outside. And these guys were on strike and my dad was on strike and uh, and, you know, standing around the, the, the trash barrel to stay warm. Uh, for a period of time that didn't last real long because he needed to put food on the table. So he, he left that, that job and, and took up a new career uh, as a carpenter. And, uh, and that's where he spent the rest of his life doing that. But, you know, needless to say, my parents didn't manage their money real well. So small wonder uh, I didn't manage my money real well. <laughs> and so I went off to college. I was terrible, man. My parents enabled me so much. Uh, I literally would ask them for money at college. They didn't have it. But they were sending me, you know, extra money, 400 bucks a month, plus they're helping me pay for college. And I had no concept of the the amount of sacrifice my parents were making mm. for me. I had no 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 paradigm. I just knew that if I asked for money, they would give it to me. And and unfortunately for me, I hate to say this, but I was what was I taking it? I was paying doing my laundry with it and running to the mall and playing video games, coin operated video games with the money and then asking them for more money because I had no idea what to do with money. So I got out of college. It took me a little while to land a decent job. But my first my first job, I remember getting my W-2 and I pulled that check out, you know, to pay my taxes. And I saw that I made $39,000, Doug, which was probably about seven times more money I'd ever seen in my life. Right. I think I may have made five or six grand while I was in college a year working in the summers. And, and here I am holding $39,000 uh, stub that said I made 39 grand. And I'm like, where did that money go? Because mm. I, I, I paused and looked around my house because I'm living in a studio bedroom apartment with my mom and dad paying 200 bucks a month in rent. That's what we negotiated. I was already making more money than my mom did. So I thought I was, you know, rich, basically. <laughs> Because she's been working 20 years and and I and uh you know I'm already there. I've just got to the game and I'm already, you know, ahead of the game here. And uh and I stopped, man, and I said, you know, this has got to change. Like I'm 16 grand in debt, something's got to give. And that's when I made what I call my millionaire choice, my choice to become a millionaire, to live a different life, uh, just to learn some different things about life that I didn't get taught from my parents or learn from anybody else. Well, you know, uh, I'm excited to be able to dig into the millionaire choice because we're going to take a break. And on the next uh, next segment, I'm going to have you share about uh, the decision you decided to make, the priority to make that decision. And then some start digging into this millionaire choice, uh, key principles of what millionaires do to really start handling their money well, like you talked about. And I think there's uh, you know, in our society nowadays, we just do not do a lot of good financial education. And therefore, majority of people find themselves in trouble like you just shared. And I can't wait for you to share how you came out of that. So in 2019, uh, Tony released his book, The Millionaire Choice, and in it he shares 10 keys to becoming a millionaire. So when we come back, we're going to look at some of those keys that he's going to pick out and say, you know what, these are the ones that you really need to listen to. And then later on in the show, uh, we're going to hear about Tony's latest resource that can, um, where you can tap into it to learn directly from him and his team of financial experts with his Purpose of Wealth event that's coming up later this year. You are listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. 
It's time to stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life. Welcome back. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, and thank you so much for joining us on One Shot, One Life. Today's guest is money expert Tony Bradshaw. Tony is a author, speaker, podcaster, entrepreneur, business uh, coach, and mentor. And over the past few years, Tony's been working hard to help people become millionaires, no matter their income, ethnicity, or financial situation. And his focus now is really helping people become wealthy so that they can enjoy it with a purpose in their lives. So if you missed the inspiring story in the first segment with Tony, uh, we highly recommend that you go back to our podcast and listen to it over again. This is going to be a show that you're going to want to share with your friends. You're going to want to listen to it over and over again because he's going to provide some great information in this segment. All you have to do is listen to the podcast, is go to your favorite podcast platform, search one shot, all one word, and one life, all one word. Well, Tony, uh, when we left off, you had made a decision early on in your life that you were going to change your financial future. Um, what did you decide to do? Yeah, I think the, the first things I decided to do is I realized that, you know, what I had done that year, spending all my money, uh, making thirty nine grand and ended up $16,000 in debt, that that was a bad formula. I'm a math guy. And uh, really what I've learned <laughs> that didn't is work. Uh, <laughs> no, it didn't work. The, the the math's not working for me. And so I very quickly decided what I did that year, I could never do again. So that was the first step is I made a mind shift of mine. Uh, I shifted the way I started to think about my money. And instead of spending it all and not knowing where it went, I decided to you know sit down, do a budget, figure things out. And I very quickly came up with a simple formula and with some simple principles. One of those principles was debt was my enemy. So I tell people you got to get you got to do a debt demolition. You got to mm. destroy your debt before it destroys you. And because that's what it does. That it's an, it, the debt system we live in today in a lot of cases is very abusive to people. So I made a shift. I'm like, "You know what? I'm going to get out of debt. I hate debt. I don't want to be in debt. I'm not going to be a user of debt." That was a, a principle I made. The other principle I did is I said, "You know what? I got to learn how to invest this money and do the right things with it." So I started getting what I call money smart. In my book that's Millionaire Key number 3, Get Money Smart. So just like we learned about math, English and science, we spent 12 years doing that, right? And then we go off to college. You know, for me it was four and a half years with an engineering degree. So I got four and a half more years of uh, math, English and science. So 16 plus years of math, English and science. At what point did someone teach me how to manage my money? Mm. At what point did I learn how to manage my money? And so what I teach people and tell people what I did that year when I shifted is I began to study money. I began to come, become a student of money. What I, what I tell people is if you want to you be good with your money, you want to build wealth, you've got to learn about money. You've got to learn how it works. You've got to study money, and you've got to learn how to multiply it. So those were the big principles. So what I did instead of spending every dime I made plus some credit card debt, I decided to stop doing that. So I started to live on a third of the money that I made. I would take that aside. It was about $1,000 a month. So that would be, would be what I would live on. Pay my mom my, and dad my rent. I was living at home, pay my expenses, my gas, my car, all that kind of stuff. And then I would take $1,000 and accelerate my debt payoff on my car. So I was going to get out of debt fast. And then I would invest a third of that money. So really the principle there is you've got to change where your cash or your money is flowing when you're spending it all, it's all flowing away from you, and you have to develop a mindset that that has to flow towards things that appreciate and value and uh, are more long-term. It's a long-term look at your money, and when I sat down, I put a spreadsheet together. I call it my millionaire plan. I'm not a financial planner. I'm a millionaire planner there you because go. I have a very specific goal for people, and I believe that it's predictable on when you're able to become a millionaire. For me, Back from 1996, I figured it would take me about uh, about 15 years, which would be put me at age 40, which I was able to do. 
Now, knowing what I know today, I think I could have done it faster. But at the time, I didn't have to have everything figured out. That's the cool thing about this process, Doug, is that becoming a millionaire is a repeatable process. 40% of the world's millionaires live in the United States. That's 15 times more millionaires than we should have based on population. Mm. We only have about 3% of the world's population, but we have 40% of the world's millionaires. So the United States, I've got an article on my website, says uh, America is still the land of opportunity. And uh, because it's the only country in the world where those math, those math numbers actually work that way. And uh, it's a very oppor- opportunity. There's a big opportunity for us here that other countries don't have. But those were the, the, the basic building blocks of where I started, Doug. How did it, how long did it take you then to officially become a millionaire? Uh, it was right about 15 years. So I got going, uh, if, if I remember my own story from the book, I made the <laughs> mental, sh- made the mental shift around age 25 and then uh, right in that time frame, and then uh, shifted it. Now, people I talk to today, Doug, uh, I've talked to people that have done it in less than two years. So they went from broke making 35 grand a year, one year to millionaires in two years. Mm. And, uh, and, and that's not, that abnormal like it does happen and so somewhere between in my opinion today with the the way things are um it would be common for people to be able to do it in somewhere between five and ten years depending on how aggressive they are how ambitious they are and you know some other factors that they've got going on in life yeah we're talking with tony bradshaw he's the author of the millionaire choice and in it, he reveals 10 keys of the millionaire. Um, we're going to dig into a few of those right now. Uh, before we do that, though, Tony, I want to go back to when you talked about debt. Um, I just saw that uh, personal debt in the United States is at the highest level ever. I think it's sev- over $17 trillion in debt. That's crazy. That's If you stacked $100 bills up uh, for a trillion bucks, it would be stacked $631 million high or miles high, excuse me. And if you take that times 17, it's 10,727 miles high of $100 bills. That's a crazy amount of debt that is holding people back from achieving what they ultimately want to achieve. Why are people in so much debt? What's going on? What's holding them back? How, how has our culture developed this? Yeah, I think there's a lot of answers you could throw at that, Doug. Uh, let me start with a simple one, my daughter, because you can imagine I've got six kids. And I've spent, uh, I've done the math on that. I've spent about a million dollars on those kids' education so far. Uh, some of that money I wish I had back. <laughs> yep. uh, but I did, I did get a pretty good return on it. But one of my daughters, um, who actually is just like me personality-wise, she brought me a thing the other day, and it said this. If you look at the phone, the, the phone today, the cell phones we have, and you go back 100 years, there's a huge difference between the phones of 100 years ago and the phones we have today. If you look at cars there's a huge difference between a Model T Ford and you know a Tesla today. Huge difference in technology, craftsmanship, everything. When you look at our school system, there's no change really between mm-hmm. what it looked like 100 years ago and what it is. And, and that's a big problem because the system doesn't teach people how to manage their money from the very beginning. And, and, and I've got a lot of opinions on why that is, but that's where you got to start. So if people don't know how to do basic things, Things like managing a checkbook, um, having a bank account, uh, how to how to leverage money or use money. You're you're not going to go to good places, and you're just going to work. I did the math one time, Doug. A hundred thousand hours. So if somebody works their lifetime at at twenty, I'm sorry, two thousand hours a year, you're going to work about a hundred to one hundred fifty thousand hours in your lifetime. Mm. Now think about that. When you talk about the debt, that's a big problem. But now take that debt. 
and what you have at age 65 and put it on a scale versus the amount of time you worked, which is 100,000 to 150,000 hours. So you've got to start by by learning how to take that money and multiply it and get it to return back to you. I call it learning how to make, manage, and multiply your money. Part of that problem is that people, A, don't know what to do with their money to, to do that, to actually multiply it, but they don't have a vision. That's one of the biggest things I, I think that separates people that are poor from people that are rich because the rich people started where the poor people are. They just developed a vision for their future. Mm. And the and the poor people don't. I don't believe that most people can develop a vision for their future. Um, but the cool thing is, and you, you got you talked about Dave Ramsey, is if you can't if you're not a visionary and you can't develop a vision for your future, go borrow somebody else's vision for your future. Mm-hmm. Right. So Dave Ramsey gives people the vision of being debt free. He says, "I've debt free. You can be debt free." And he's taught millions of people how to do that. My vision is to go. Hey, I'm a millionaire. I'm nothing special. I'm not that smart. And I know if I can do it, you can too. And I've interviewed hundred, you know, over a hundred millionaires and the stories all look the same. So you've got to make that shift, but you know, it's a mindset shift and a visionary shift. And then after that, you can get into the financial principles. Well, and you, in the book, the millionaire choice, you lay out the principles and you give resources and you teach people how to look at their money, net worth, uh, developing a budget, getting out of debt. So you give them a clear proven plan. And I know it's proven because I've used those principles myself uh, to accumulate a lot of mo- a lot of wealth. Right. But those are the principles you teach in there. You've talked about uh, key number three, which is get smart, uh, money smart. How about this one? Um, what about finding a money mentor? How important is that? That's your fourth key that you talk about the book yeah and and you know what when i wrote the book that was a new one for me um because i'm a do-it-yourself guy and so a lot of my early stage financial stuff that i did i was self-taught read books came up with my own plan now fortunately for me and uh i got involved with dave ramsey's organization but i was already on that track like i was an anti-debt guy and investment guy but the reason that millionaire key number four find a money mentor is in that book is because you don't want to make the same mistakes that other people's have have made. Mm-hmm. So if you can find a mentor, it's going to it's going to accelerate you tenfold. You're not going to have to go make mistakes for 10 years and figure things out. You're going to skip all the mistakes and you're going to learn from somebody who's already made them. And that's the important part of a mentor. And then the other thing that's not in the book, I wish I'd added it. I've something I've come up with since is really you want to catch the jet stream, right? It's just like when you're drafting a NASCAR if you're a race car guy, you want to get behind the guy that's in front of you because they're the one breaking the wind and you're catching the draft. And so you're not burning as much gas. You're not working as hard. So by getting in a community of wealth-minded people who are all going in the same direction, trying to win the same race, you're going to pick up speed. It's just a natural thing that's going to happen. And, uh, you know, I that for me, that was working inside of the Dave Ramsey organization for 15 years, but I don't have that anymore. So now I have to find new ways to get accelerated. So I'm in real estate investment groups. I'm in swing trading groups with people that are much smarter about those two areas of investing than I am. So I'm catching their jet stream or catching you know the draft off of those guys and, and learning a, ta- a ton in the process. And the cool thing about it is you are creating groups in the process of doing that around the country, influencing communities to help create more and more millionaires. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to learn more about that. It's called Purpose of Wealth Event that's coming up later this year. And uh, what I love about your vision is that you want to change communities. And you want to change communities not just for the, you know, the whole purpose of having a lot of money 
money and being a millionaire, but realizing that there's a purpose behind that, that where it can help serve you and your family and friends and allow you to do the things that you wouldn't normally think you could do. And I love that last point you just talked about with mentors. We are big believers at One Shot, One Life that you have to have partners with you, success partners, where you can rally yourself around each other and cheer each other on along the way and encourage each other. And that's exactly what we're going to share with us when we come back. Plus, we're going to get to hear Tony's answer to the multiplier question. Thank you for listening to the show that helps America stop worrying and start winning. One shot, one life. one shot in this amazing one life helping you make every single day count this is one shot one life thanks so much for joining us today on one shot one life we absolutely love having you with us i am your host doug fitzgerald and if you want to stay up to date on all that's going on at one shot one life i highly recommend that you join our email community of over ten thousand people strong each week we'll send you out an email just to kind of update you on what's going on with one shot one life future guests current guests uh, where you can get all our information uh, plus here's a cool thing that we don't do josh what don't we do we don't sell your info we don't sell we it. don't spam you nope and there's some, there's a one, I mean, there's lots of cool perks, but one in particular. Yes. You get the song. You get the down you get theme song. One Shot One Life theme song. So all you have to do is go to our website, oneshotonelife.com, and uh, check it out to join our email community. We'd love to stay in touch with you as well. Well, today's guest is money expert Tony Bradshaw. Early on in 1996, Tony was sick and tired of being broken in debt. So he set out to change his financial future and establish the priority of becoming a millionaire by the age of 40, which he did in 2011. Uh, now it's his passion to go around the country and teach people how to become millionaires themselves. Tony is an author, speaker, podcaster, entrepreneur, business coach, and mentor. So, Tony, um, you know, uh, during that break, we were talking about how important vision is. Um, you've got a great vision uh, to impact the, the country through communities, um, through a, an event that you have coming up. Let's talk about that event, and then let's dig into vision, how important it is. Because I know a lot of times, you know, I was in the health industry for well over 20 years, helping people lose weight and get in shape. And if you're, you know, 50, 70, 100 pounds overweight, um, you know, to, to, to envision that you can lose 100 pounds, you think you're going to do it overnight. The reality is you didn't get fat fast. You're not going to get you know, you're not going to lose it fast. And so a lot of times that's a hurdle for people to jump over, right? Is because the vision that they have is so big, they don't think they can do it. They don't think they can get there. Um, but you have an opportunity for people to do that through the event that you have and then surrounding people with people who learn how to handle their money and finance as well. So let's talk more about that and vision. Yeah. So when I started the Millionaire Choice, one of my goals was not to just be another white dude that does personal finance. There's plenty of those guys out there, like thousands, by the way. You can find it dozens in every city <laughs> you go are. to. So I didn't want to be that guy. So I, you know, I really prayed about it. And I'm like, what what's my contribution? What am I supposed to do? And because of the way I'm wired, it's very important to me to go, it's not my book that I'm going to leave behind. It's not, you know, the people I coach. It's not that. What I want to leave behind is a citywide financial transformation system. So everything I do when I think about my teaching, when I think about the people I talk to, when I think about the programs I create, it's with that that nucleus in mind of going, how does this fit into transforming the, the city's finances? So in my world, Doug, I only see two types of people that should exist on the planet. That's millionaires and future millionaires. Mm. 
You're either you're either already there or you're on your journey to get there from the day you're born, right? So if I had my way and I had enough money, I would start a, a trust fund, and the day a child is born in Nashville, I would go to the person's house to have the child and I'd say, hey, we have a program. We just want to let you know that your your child is now in this uh, trust fund, this this millionaire trust fund, or whatever we call the thing, right? And why that number, why that is so important, Doug, is because just mathematically, if I put, uh, let's say, ten thousand dollars, it sounds like a lot of money to some people, but it's really not that much money, and I'll explain why. Um, that child, by the time they turn twenty-one, their net worth will be eighty thousand dollars. Okay. Now let me let me feed you some statistics, Doug. The average net worth, if I remember these numbers correctly, for an African American today, okay, average, is something like six thousand five hundred dollars. Wow. Think about that, right? Yeah. The average for Hispanic, I believe, is maybe a plus or minus a thousand dollars off of that in the United States. Okay. So by the time, if you do this, by the time a young African American guy or a young Hispanic guy or girl is reaches age twenty one, their net worth is already going to be ten times mm. the current average of that race pop, racial population. So that's a very important thing to do. Now, here's why that's important and why that's a doable thing. It sounds crazy. Some people may go, "Wow, that's that's nuts. You can't do that." You absolutely can do it. And let me tell you why. Because if you were just going to do an entire city, let's start with a city like Nashville, Tennessee. You're only talking about $40 million a year to do that, $40 million, okay? That's not a lot of money. Mm. By, by the standard of the companies, we have Nissan North right. America here in Nashville, Tennessee. We have a huge, huge Ingram company, Ingram. Uh, like these are ridiculous. HCA, like any one of these companies alone could do that. Now, let's extrapolate that number because my model is to go, I'm going to build a citywide financial transformation model. That means for me, Every what do I have to do to make sure that everybody in Nashville is financially educated and has a millionaire plan just like I did when I was 25 years old? How can I accomplish that goal? And so there's a lot of pieces that go into that. But let me feed you one more number before I leave that topic. I ran the numbers for doing that same model for uh, the United States, entire United States. Do you want to take a guess at what the, the, the annual amount was to make that happen, Doug? Oh my! You put me on the spot here. Um, it was forty million for Nashville, right? Yeah, r approximately, give or take. Um, let's say I'm going to guess uh, five hundred and forty. No, I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to guess five hundred and forty million for the entire country. You're a little bit off. You're a little shy. It's oh, forty billion. Forty billion dollars. Forty to do billion. That All right. I need I need yeah. a calculator. <laughs> That's all right. Well, you didn't. You haven't done. You haven't done the research like I've done. Now, now, why is that number important, Doug? Forty billion dollars. Let me tell you why that number is important. Because we literally have given over a couple hundred billion dollars to the Ukraine oh, yeah. for this yep. war just in the last year or two. Okay, go to the Afghanistan war. We were in Afghanistan for what twenty years, twenty plus years. We the the annual budget for that war was forty billion dollars, Doug. Mm. Just just for one. Just for one. So $40 billion to totally transform the finances of every American ever born for the rest of time. Mm. Right. And here's here's why that's important, because when you mathematically run those numbers, 
not everybody in that system is going to go all the way through to fruition. So they're not going to, they're not going to make it. So it, it becomes a self uh, self healing kind of thing over time. So once you run the math, but where that ties into what I'm doing, it goes back to the citywide financial model. And you asked me about the purpose of wealth live event. So let me tell you about that. That event is part of this structure that I want to create to do citywide financial transformation. What I'm trying to do is bring together uh, financial experts in the local area to support the financial training of the citizens or the population in that area. So right now I have about 12 financial speakers like myself, and we rotate through that. And we also have a, a list of nonprofits that we partner with because we want to instill this principle of building wealth, but we want to instill it for a purpose, right? So we have uh, different nonprofits that are attached to this event. Uh, some of them are helping young ladies with uh, human trafficking, uh, rescue them out of human trafficking. Some of them are working with like mental health, recovery, uh, you name it. There's a nonprofit that does it. And, the, you know, nonprofits are not run by the savviest business people in the world, but they're very passionate people. So by attaching people that know how to make money and multiply money, we want to get these things funded because they make society better. And by attaching it. And what's that's done for me, Doug? Over the years, you know, I was taught how to tithe. You know, you make money, you give it to the church, uh, you finance things. What I've learned since I've learned how to build wealth is that now my money has a purpose behind it. And that gives me a responsibility to actually build wealth in as much as I can. And that's very different than just giving a tithe. It's a it's a responsibility to build wealth so that you can nurture the community and society and help make the world a better place. We talked about that earlier this week, the responsibility. We both believe that everybody has a responsibility to handle their money well because of what it can do. And I just appreciate uh, that whole concept and uh, and seeing that you have a responsibility. I have a responsibility for taking care of what I have, steward it well uh, so it can impact people. How can people get information about the events that you have coming up and getting involved with uh, learning from these great experts? Yeah, so if you want to get in touch with me, you go to TonyBradshaw.com. All of my stuff is there. You'll find it uh, specifically for the Purpose of Wealth event. Uh, it's purposeofwealth.live. We have just set our first virtual event. That'll be held on August 25th uh, with a gentleman named Jeremy Newsom. And uh, I don't have time to talk about his story, but you can go look it up on YouTube. He's an amazing guy, 35 years old, has his own island in the British Virgin Islands. And uh, his story growing up is not very different than mine. Hmm. Uh, he didn't grow up in a financially well-off home. He had to learn how to manage his money, and now he's sharing that with people. He's actually built three schools in Haiti and is teaching uh, Haitian kids how to build wealth. That is that is awesome. I can't wait. I can't wait to hear more about that. All right. Well, thank you for that again. TonyBradshaw.com. Go there. Also, make sure you pick up his book, The Millionaire Choice. Uh, it is absolutely a great book. I got it in my hands right now. And uh, I have gone through it, and it's just great information. So, all right, Tony, um, last thing here. I mean, whenever we bring on an expert at One Shot, One Life, we always ask, for the first time, we always ask them the multiplier question. And this kind of goes back into your history. If you knew then what you know now. So here's the question. What is one thing, Tony, that you wish you would have done earlier in life that would have made a greater impact on you and those around you? Um, I wish I had kept my first property that I, that I sold. <laughs> Uh, because I was so anti-debt, I I moved out of my house. I didn't want to carry extra debt, but I should have kept my first and my second house instead of selling them. I should have flipped them into rental properties, and uh, I just didn't understand that principle early enough. And yeah, that's a big one, man. It's a big one. Missed opportunity. Wow. Well, that's good information. Really good information. All right. One more time, Tony, how can people get in touch with you? Uh, just to either get more information about you, what you do, all that you provide, and even this event that you have coming up. 
yeah, TonyBradshaw.com. There's actually some free resources there. The 10 Keys to Millionaire are mentioned on there. There's some also some downloadable tools and obviously my access to my podcast. So please check that out. And uh, once again, purposeofwealth.live. Uh, you can also find that link at TonyBradshaw.com. So it's, it's a one-stop shop. Well, Tony, thanks so much for joining us today. This was absolutely just awesome. And hopefully we can have you back one day and we can dig more down into these principles. It'd be great for our listeners. Yeah, thanks a lot, Doug. I've enjoyed it. All right. Well, if you'd like to listen to the podcast of this show or previous shows, you can find them on all podcast platforms. Simply search One Shot, All One Word, One Life, All One Word on your favorite podcast service. You can also find more information about the show and other resources at OneShotOneLife.com. I want to thank today's guest, Tony Bradshaw. A special thanks to my executive producer, Josh Floyd. And until next time, take full advantage of your amazing one life and make every single day count. Thank you for listening to the One Shot, One Life show. Visit OneShotOneLife.com to get a free download of our theme song. Join a mastermind group. Purchase one of our online courses and more. While you're there, learn how to connect with Doug on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Go there now. OneShotOneLife.com. One